0: We are live, and I used the studio earlier this week, so I'm going to double check, make sure everything's working. It's not working because your microphone's
1: Yeah, although we've discovered that doesn't matter.
0: It matters some. It matters some. I'm a pretty loud guy, and if your mic's not up to (laughs) you, then I just sound like I'm even louder than I actually am.
1: You seem pretty comfortable with it.
0: Yeah. Welcome, everybody. Hello, welcome to the Red Couch Theology Podcast. On this co- podcast, we talk about things, and sometimes we don't even know what we're going to talk about before we talk about it, and then we discover as we go.
1: Uh, and this week, we are specifically, we know somewhat, because well, it's, it's around money.
0: Well, we know that we're going to try and talk about the subject you preached about, but like we don't know like which angle that's going to take.
1: I, I always feel if we tell everyone at the start, it's great for like, people that want to know. But it, it gets us too early into serious conversation where we enjoy talking nonsense for a little yeah. while. Obviously, there's a whole bunch of people out there that are like, yeah, no, that sounds great. Like, tell us what you're going to talk about. Don't talk about nonsense. Get on with the stuff that I came for.
0: Yeah. yeah. And uh, if that's you, fast forward <laughs> tw- 20 minutes. We can't tell you how far exactly. No, we we can't. But it's around 15 to 20 minutes. In and then... Minutes. That's when we start saying some stuff of substance.
1: <laughs> Although no, I feel like ironically, us having this conversation is going to move us to talk about stuff.
0: I know. It's quicker. We're too serious. Mm. We should be really serious. Mm. Money—it's such an exciting topic.
1: Is it? Yeah. I've never had any, so I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've heard money's awesome.
1: Yeah, if you have it, you know. I, I've, I know a few people with it. <laughs> And they seem a mixture of completely miserable and ecstatically happy. And yeah, I don't think it's kind of like
0: all the people I know without money.
1: I think so. Yeah. 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 Turns out it
0: doesn't actually move the needle much emotionally either way. It's just, I read this thing the the other day that
1: apparently Norwegian has a word for like, you know, when people say to you, how are you doing? Um, Or are you okay? Or whatever the question is. Mm -hmm. And they have a response that literally translated would be up and not crying.
0: That's awesome.
1: And I know some people with money that are up and not crying, Um, but I also know some people with money that are not like that. Yeah, Um, and and I do think money money does weird things to people. Yeah, it's quite hard to stay yourself. With have you ever got into John Mulaney, the comedian? Mm -mm. He's on Netflix. He's a little blue, little little blue for the dads. It's a little you know edgy. But one of the things he talks about is he used to write for SNL. And he said one time uh, we had Mick Jagger in, and I had to write a song with him. And he's like, Is Mick Jagger like he's amazing? It's like, Yeah, absolute legend. And uh, he said, uh, People always asked him after that, Is Mick Jagger nice? And he was like, No, Mick Jagger's not nice. Like, maybe in his world he's nice, but like, this is a guy who for for 50 years now has had 60 years has had people screaming his name like 60,000 of them a, a night <laughs> like that doesn't make you nice he has someone who follows him around and when he's thirsty he goes Dark coke and what appears in his hand those things do, like he's not a, he's not someone who loses his macbook charger someone's there to carry it for him. Like he doesn't have any of the things that we have. So his world looks different. So in normal things, when those, you know, when, when he has to interface on normal things, that doesn't make you nice. That just means you used to get in your own way. Hmm. So I think it, it must change you. Like you go from having, because then suddenly everything, everyone wants something from you or lots of people. Want yeah.
0: From you. Yeah. That's interesting.
1: And then you also, people are used to making exceptions for you.
0: So, um, so let me ask you this One, oh, well, we could pull up the the text in just a moment here, um, but maybe more at a thirty thousand foot level for th- I've noticed that recently I'm very meandering into this question um really I, are. Recently, no, uh, still no idea what you're going. We've talked a lot recently on this show about some of the nuances of being a pastor hmm. And the emotional journey of being yeah. a pastor and the struggle of preparing a sermon. Yeah. And I don't know why it's just sort of like, uh, is this just like a cathartic, are we just like <laughs> shepherding each other? <laughs> are we counseling each other as two pastors? Also, and...
1: That's not what we were talking about just now, other than complaining about
0: having no money. No, the reason I, I say it, the reason I mentioned that is because I'm about to ask you a question that doubles down on that sentiment okay and then i'm asking permission to go there yeah, yeah
1: you can go so there, yeah, hopefully yeah. yeah
0: for the majority of our listeners who are not pastors yeah um maybe it's interesting to you to like kind of know the inner workings of what's going on in your pastor. are you head.
1: suspicious that the show might be me whining about all the things i'd like to whine about on sunday mornings no
0: no I'm... no no i just it actually this like some of the content has been like um you know why? Why do you approach a subject up for a sermon this way? Or mm, we've talked a nah. little bit about like how do you come up with illustrations? Like it started to become, I don't know.
1: That's a that's an answer. I still a question. I still don't have an answer. to. Anyway,
0: how do it like... just popped up recently in, the, in three or four shows. I was mm. like, we're talking about how to be a pastor right now, yeah. uh, which maybe is interesting to some of you, but uh, it's that's not what this show was originally oriented to be. But I'm still going to ask a, pa- a pastor like nuanced question anyway mm. which is how do you feel about preaching about money because well, i know actually, a lot of pastors i, I who is quite not a quite
1: like it when it comes up in the text like I, so I, th- I think that's always the challenge uh, like when you when you so for people that if you're listening and you don't you, you're not like this isn't this is new information to you it's new information to lots of people and and maybe not even useful information but Church is roughly split between churches that follow a preaching calendar that's like a lectionary where the pastor has limited choices over the text. Yeah. And then obviously churches where, although we choose to follow the lectionary, I obviously have full control over you know, what, what the text is for any given week. So when that's the case, when you are making a choice, you are aware that it tends to be that you you get to preach on the things you like really dangerously, actually, like you, yeah. your pet subjects come up. C.S. Lewis talks about it actually in Screwtape Letters. He talks about how uh, he's trying to recommend two of the churches in the area, and he says one, one of the guys, one of the pastors, uh, has um, spent so many years dumbing down the faith for his congregation that it's now him that shocks them with his unbelief, like
0: it's gotten so bad. <laughs>
1: and he said, without noticing it, he's ditched the lectionary and just he just revolves around his twenty favorite lessons, like over and over and over and over again. And and uh, you know, I, I actually had the, the, there was a guy in Michigan who said to the lead pastor, "There, you know what you need to do? Just become really good at five talks and just rotate them round and round and round and round and round." Um. So, Sounds so, like horrible advice. Yeah, yeah, well, he was a businessman, so oh, okay. you know, he said, "That's what I do with my company." Like when I talk to my employees, um, great CEO, probably an awful pastor. <laughs> uh, so, so I think you're kind of making this choice regularly. Um, and so, what I try and do is I try and pick the texts not because of what they say, but because of like I pick an overarching letter or an overarching passage of Scripture, and then you kind of just you, you have to deal with it as it comes up. So. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about money multiple times. We we have this week where he's not, and maybe two or three weeks where he's not, but then he's back to it again. Yeah. Um, so yeah. so, I think it, if you if you're just saying what Jesus said, well, that's beautiful, right? It's not awkward. You just get to, it's not your fault. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, and you didn't fully choose the text. It's not like we did the entire Sermon on the Mount series just so that you could so preach the So we could get this, this one, one week of
1: money, yeah. <laughs> I I do think I don't love uh, yeah, I, I couldn't see myself saying we're doing seven weeks on the subject of money. Yeah. Um and I don't know why, but I just don't I I just couldn't see. It. I've never done that before in however many years.
0: Yeah. I think I, f- I feel like, you know, if you're not a pastor, then maybe a little insight into sort of the inner workings of a, of a pastor's mind when it comes to preaching on money is it, it does feel like this challenge sometimes mm. because you're like, yeah, you need to be less connected to you know less owned by your money and be more generous. Oh by the way, we're one of the places you should be generous mm-hmm. to. Oh by the way, my salary gets paid oh, yeah, by that. that, thing. that yeah, yeah, so yeah, then that, there's like yeah, this yeah, yeah, there yeah. it does feel like self-serving to talk about money as mm-hmm. a pastor. Yeah. Um but then theologically and spiritually it's like so unbelievably important yeah. for us. Yeah. As pastors, on staff, as much as any of you out there who are just listening to a sermon, if we're owned by money, it's like a soul-sucking, life-destroying state of being. So it's pastorally really important to talk about not being gripped by it. And so yeah, it feels like this tension of like, this is really important. We need to talk about it some, somewhat regularly because the scriptures talk about it a ton.
1: And, and so Jesus, Jesus the, the amount of times he talks about money in comparison to theft or adultery. I mean, it's it's
0: just, not even close. Yeah,
1: not even vaguely close. He yeah. talks about it all the time. Um, and, and so actually, it seems that his deep concern for, for his followers is that they might get sucked into the materialism of this world. Yeah, um, and so that that you, I think if you can keep your focus on your focus on this is good for people, this is a spiritual practice, a spiritual discipline that will lead them closer to the way of Jesus. Um, that that's helpful. I think you also realise that becoming a pastor is a anti-materialist choice. Yeah. Like I don't know any past, pastor that could not make more money doing something else.
0: Yeah. Um, well, yeah, there's some on TV.
1: That's true. Yes, I forgot about those guys.
0: Yeah. They they have literally yes, they've They're doing pretty well. They're doing pretty By well. By the way, no local as a, as a pastor. side note, if we if you ever see a private jet on the line item, I give you my permission right now to buy it. Too. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. To stop giving to this church, yeah, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um. And,
1: and yeah, uh, you also recognise that for everybody, the 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 line is somewhere. It's not always the private jet.
0: Yeah.
1: In actual fact, it's one of the rare one of the rare places where people have very decided views on what the maximum income should be. Yeah, and way way lower than like if you're a shareholder in a company. Yeah, like a lot of stakeholders in in a church would put their pastor's salary way lower than a shareholder in a company would put their CEO's salary. Um, yeah, and and there's there's probably some good reasons for that, but but it is, and South I think actually has done a a good job of, and and I set salaries for people other than me. So I think South has done a good job. I can't speak to like over history, but over the last three years or so, of trying to make sure that people land in a generous place in compensation if they're on a staff team. But but it's not possible to match with um, with with the corporate world, and and, pro- and probably shouldn't be either. And I, I think I came to this point maybe maybe two years ago where I was like, if we're going to hire someone, hiring from out of town with a family and kids is maybe not going to be an option um, outside of some unusual circumstances. Because say you can offer someone a certain amount, like a pastoral salary, like, well, now the cheapest home in Denver is $600,000. So if they're like a family of like four or five or six, and you're trying to say to them well we want you to come like come to here um but you've got to buy a house that's um that, that's 600 grand and if they don't unless they're independently wealthy like that's not the the range and and it's not important for people to know exactly how much people on our teams get paid but let, let's just say most people don't land in ranges that en- enable people to just go out and buy a six hundred thousand, seven hundred thousand dollars house, yeah, without another source of income somewhere.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I think that's 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 kind of challenging when you're pastoring a
0: church. Yeah. Thing. So, um, yeah, let's just jump into the text itself. Unless you have something else you want I to. I
1: don't. Jump in. Oh, that, was so, fun, that was that was a fun. That was cathartic. Thank you.
0: Yeah. See, there you go. This is where we go, where two pastors shepherd each other uh. <laughs> um oh, that's next week that's next week, um, which interesting, maybe we could talk about that a little bit is uh no, that's the yeah, that's next week episode. I'm confused, we're like in the in between space uh-huh. Uh-huh. when we're recording this anyway, uh-huh. but there's some similarities yeah. between oh, the giving the, section and the prayer section and the fasting section, and the fasting section is super interesting, uh-huh. um anyway. So be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others, to be seen by them. If you do, you will not, you will have your reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and on the streets. To be honored by others, truly I tell you, they have received their reward, reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. I don't know how you do that, but... We'll talk about that maybe mm. so that you're giving maybe in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Mm. You know what I loved on Sunday? What? When you gave $5 in the app <laughs> and then noticed that you were showing the entire congregation and then you called yourself out. <laughs> ah, what a great moment. So fun.
1: That was funny. <laughs> um, yeah. You're like, oh, wait, I'm, although in, I'm not supposed to do Although this. interestingly to your question about is it awkward talking about money? A lot of British people, and I do this definitely, use humor as a deflection. So the fact that I felt the need to turn that into a humorous moment mm. might have meant that it was slightly awkward. Yeah.
0: yeah. And so, there's like this there's this other weird part about being a pastor where like I tithe yeah. to South. Yes. So I'm like giving myself yeah. money you are. in a weird yeah. way. And so but it's it's not about that. But it's, it's like it is this weird cyclical thing where I like my money comes out of my account and then it goes to the church's account and uh-huh. then it comes back into my yes. account
1: <laughs> you just want to track it can I know like, there's this episode in, in in the Paddington books yeah Paddington you know the, the bear where he, he puts some money in the bank and he goes to get it out and he's like this isn't my five pound note and the manager's like what do you mean he's like no mine had like marks on it and stuff (laughs) but this is a new one no but what you don't have my exact thing saved back there and and you could maybe go and say can i make sure oh wait
0: we're not on the screen fully anyway sorry carry on good story just
1: make sure that my 10 of of giving goes uh back to my salary portion is that possible like (laughs) yeah feels good um Yeah. So, so the interesting thing with this passage is, so obviously the first verse uh, that will be uh, almost like a, a preamble for all of the next three weeks.
0: Yeah, it's, gives, it's an umbrella yeah, statement. It yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. gives three three different practices of righteousness, which is actually like the the term righteousness is fascinating in Scripture because it can usually be translated justice or righteousness. And actually, there's a, there's a lot of a lot of theories around like some some of the use of the word righteousness in English is that you can't be like, or justice in English sorry, is that you can't be like rightified, so that's why we say justified. Like it doesn't, it's not a word, so the, that's why we we use the dual words even though they actually technically mean the same thing. But but now with our sense of justice in terms of. The law courts and all those different things. Even though this is a legal expression, we've started to think through, like you know, I want justice as a personal ambition. Um, to a first-century person, there would be much more of a connotation with "I do justice."
0: Yeah, I was actually going to mention act that. Justice, like, yeah. Fleming Rutledge brings this up a lot when uh, she's in her book about the cross, because she's like talking about the justification that takes place in yeah. the cross and how that all works, but like. So this idea of being a righteous person uh-huh. is also has this like yes. pull towards you're a person who acts on, unbe- yeah. you know, it brings justice into the world. Yeah. So in, in the yeah. Good
1: Samaritan story in Luke, uh, the the teacher of the law that's in a conversation with Jesus, it says he wanted to justify himself in English. Like, yeah. And, and as, again, you can't say he wanted to rightify himself. Yeah, but he wanted to do actions of justice that would speak to his relationship with God. Now, there there is a little bit of a there's a little bit of a misread in some of those ideas about first century um, first century Judaism. Like, uh, an EP Sanders was like the, the the scholar that really nailed this. The, the idea that Jewish people, specifically Pharisees, had this mindset of I want to do work so I can go to heaven when I die. Has a load of anachronisms to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. For one, like the, the concept anachronisms of heaven for people, it's, like it, it, they're out of date. It doesn't. It doesn't flow in the timeline. Like yeah. just, You know. So so we've placed some of our modern ideas back into their thinking, uh, specifically out of the Reformation. There's some some Reformation ideas and their reaction to the Catholic Church that that started to develop this trend of, oh, of course, that's what they were trying to do. They were trying to work really hard so God would love them and they could go to heaven when they die. Well, no, I mean, this is a covenantal religion.
0: This is sort of a straw man argument yeah. where you, you say, this is what you're saying and I don't believe that. And they're like, that's not what we're saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, yeah. So, so the whole of, of Judaism is built on the idea that, that God loves his people. They are his people. They're not trying to become his people. They've they've been his people for thousands of years at this point, so so that that's not what they're trying to do. But with the Pharisees specifically, there is this idea of if we can show obedience to Torah, God will act. If we can get enough people doing this, living this, well, well God will come. He'll overthrow the Romans. He'll you know he'll act in yeah. some. So that that that's there, and so so. There was common language of, well, what are your acts of justice? What are your acts of righteousness? Uh, and in the modern, in the, in the Judaism of the first century, Sabbath had become a big deal. Tithing had always been a big deal, but on very specific things, like very minute details. That's why Jesus says about the Pharisees, oh, you're really careful to make sure you gave 10% of your mint yeah. and 10% of your time and 10% of your, the herb, not the yeah. you know, chronological. Phenomenon, yes. uh, and and uh, and so it was. It was those things, and Jesus actually gives his three, which are wildly different. Which yeah, it would have been interesting in the day, even though they weren't necessarily unimportant. But but that the first one we land on today is the, or landed on this week was this: when you practice your acts of generosity. Um, so fascinating detail. If you like details. <clears throat> three practices, three disciplines, three actions of righteousness. Giving to the needy, not to the church, not to an organization. Now that still comes out in other places and still yeah, yeah. is part of living in the way of Jesus as a community of people. But giving to the needy, uh, prayer and fasting. The The language goes singular, plural, plural. So when okay. you pray corporate, When you pray, when you fast corporate, when you give individual singular. Now, now again, who knows why, like tiny little detail and whether it's like, you know, whether it actually matters is always fascinating. Yeah, which would
0: make that would make a little bit more sense if the giving one was like had that emphasis of privacy. Yes. So, like, if you were there on Sunday, some of the element of this one, we just read the passage. Uh He's like don't do this to get the praise of others there's this a level of like this is between you me and god thing uh-huh. in the giving section and so then that would make sense this is me individual me and god but there's a level of privacy sh- that shows up in the yeah. other two as well yeah
1: there is but but that that's fascinating as well because so so you get this shift over a couple of thousand years instituted really by jesus own practice Okay. Um like his personal life Private that comes prayer. out in yeah. yeah. But but that's not the same deal that like we very much are like, well you, you pray privately, right? And mm-hmm. then there's occasional times where you pray corporately. Uh and then for a, a first century Jewish person, well, well no prayer's corporate. Like you pray together. And then there's times where you pray individually or singularly, but but much that was a, an unusual action in lots of ways. When you look back, like those those people are pointed yeah. out as distinctions, as as you know, Jesus Jesus going out and practicing solitude and silence and prayer. People aren't
0: regularly a, doing that. that's an outlier, and part of that becomes comes from the idea of the sacrificial system and the temple. Yeah, there was like places and ways that you are supposed to do this, yes. all of which were like. You go to the temple uh-huh. to have this kind of interaction. You ha- you need you need a liaison, which is the priest, to have this kind of interaction. And uh-huh. so the private thing was a little bit well, foreign. It, it
1: even comes at, like when Solomon dedicates the temple, um, First Chronicles, yeah. eight, I think. Uh, there's this moment where he prays and he says, "When your people pray in this place, hear their prayers." Yeah. Like that it's so related to uh, and Andy Stanley actually does a brilliant series on this, like Sacred Man, Sacred Text, Sacred Place, like all of these different things. Yeah. That Jesus really sets a like really sets a bomb into and, and blows the whole thing apart. Like the idea that he'll develop that you and I can just pray anywhere, and our father hears our prayers is so so groundbreaking and if yeah. you can really like though it's the one thing that if you can actually really get into your heart that uh, my father hears my prayers like an example i've used in the past and that is without dangerously getting close to this week is <laughs> uh, an example i've used in the past and therefore can't use this week is um is during the jfk presidency his little his little son hanging out in the oval office yeah and there's this great photo where he's like under the desk yeah, just you know, and this is the most powerful man in the world sitting behind the desk of his power, the the throne, if you like. Yeah, and his kids just like hanging out, sitting yeah, on his yeah. knee, and just yeah. I mean that that's the the language. So, so all, all like some of that hopefully we'll, we'll draw out this week. So so the needy thing is singular. It, it really means that Jesus' implication for us is you and I have a individual call to use our wealth to help the needy.
0: Yes, but it, there's more than that, yeah, right, yeah, because it's not just about accomplishing a task in the world. there are people who don't have enough, and I want to make sure money travels from them or from you to them, okay that would that be one agenda, which is part of this mm-hmm. but then why for why the privacy ah, I have an agenda in your soul mm-hmm. that I'm trying to accomplish, mm-hmm. And that's the other piece of this puzzle. Like the fact that it needs to be a little bit more private, don't let your right hand know what your left hand's doing. Um, Don't do this for the praise of others. That's actually like, you know, you actually have a poverty Uh um, in your soul as the giver, which is this uh, I need the recognition. I'm craving the Mm. recognition of other human Mm -hmm. beings And maybe if I give publicly and show them that I'm, then I'll get the praise and recognition that I want. That's what, that's my tie. The the money I want or the equivalent of money I want is the praise. And God's like, I've got, I've got you in spades there. I see you. I know you all. And
1: we see that all over the place. Like, like it's really easy to be cynical about why people give to different things. Like, like it's, it's easy to be cynical about that in the political world. Yeah. like for what reason would you give 50 million dollars to a um, to a campaign yeah like, you know, why why would a politician spend 60 70 80 100 million of his own money to get a job that pays a couple of 100,000 dollars a year like unless yeah. there was some angle on it um so that those things are always like that's always the potential when you see people give to a school to an institution like, it's really easy to be to be able to be like, you know, yeah, well, why did you give 20 million? Let me guess, 20 million is the number that you have to give to get your name on a building, right? Yeah. Like, there's a reason you gave 20. that, that That's the cynical view of the world. Yes. Um, and, and I think most people would probably say, I want to have my cake and eat it. I do want to give, otherwise I wouldn't. But yeah, the recognition is nice and 95% of charitable donations or grants have the person's name on it it's i mean we we had a a big gift at south however many two years ago no name no directions just simply use it where you need it that's a rarity it's rarity to have that kind of gift it's a rarity. it's an even bigger rarity to not have a name on it
0: yeah Um, and we've had that a lot here
1: itself, yeah, and maybe not not quite to that level as no, as it's not quite that big,
0: but like, um, yeah, there was like multiple years where it was like we'd get several hundred thousand dollar check every year, yeah, um, anonymous.
1: And and, and 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 as I was hearing history from people when I got here, one of the stories I heard was that was that one of those gifts was you know it was anonymous and somehow it it came out to at least a small group of people who it was. And it was this, you know, little old widowed lady that nobody really thought, like you know, probably checking on her for benevolence requests and stuff. Do you need anything? And she actually just Yeah, so so it's always surprising. So yeah. you have to try not to overthink that when you're receiving those gifts. You just don't know. Yeah. Um things things can surprise you. Um but yeah, the the call is individual and it is practical. So it is there is work for you as the person giving. Um God has work to do in your soul, but that doesn't change the fact that the giving needs to be done to. Yeah. Um, and so Jesus' primary target seems to be a group of people that are doing it out of the the need for recognition. And it ties so nicely to our, our mission statement, living in the way of Jesus with the heart of Jesus. It's just another way where you can see you can you can obey a command or you can copy an example. And you can do it for all the wrong reasons, uh-huh.
0: yeah, which is why that like our mission statement has that tension in it, yeah. right the way like you can do the way mm. and still be toxic to the world, yes, yeah in uh, ironically, and yeah, but you can't do both with the the way of Jesus with the heart of Jesus demands you like, oh, I can't just check a bunch of like task boxes, uh-huh. That help the help the poor and help the needy. I actually have to like really evaluate the posture and the heartbeat yeah. behind which I do these. So
1: things the fun now. thing about the giving system here, and and I really love this because because when we hear something like "well, you should be giving to the needy," a normal way of thinking is, "huh, where might that need to go?" Okay, you start to look and you start to see the obvious things mm. and sometimes those are the things that need to be given to drive down like you heading up broadway you're about to turn on littleton boulevard there's a guy on Judy. like he's there like he's got his spot and you know he might be handing out or well, selling paintings or, but, but he's also got a sign that says I, I need money those are the things you'll see those are the visible options and and and, and the problem with that is Well, you don't always know what you think you know. I I think I've told this story before, but I remember being 19 and landing in the Philippines. And we we went to Cebu Market, one of the biggest, biggest indoor markets in the world. And I mean, I'd never been in that kind of environment before. It was new to me. I'd been overseas, but not to a developing country. and. Walking through the, the the marketplace, there's just guys just laid out, just wiped out on drugs and the the table and wow. but, but 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 as soon as we got there we, we were just flocked by, by kids. There was like twenty kids around us in a second and I'm yeah. nineteen, new to the country. I've got money in my pocket, the like it's more numbers on money than I've ever seen because every um, Mm -hmm. pound is worth like what is it at the time like something like 1600 pesos or something like that yeah and so i'm just handing it out you know and 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 you probably saw this just in teams that you had come out to, to your organizations but i'm just handing the cash out and the the guy that i'm with just grabs me he's like what are you doing i'm like well don't they need money and he's like you don't know like, one, just on a practical level, they'll follow us around for the rest of the day. But two, there's plenty of rich families in these areas that don't know what to do with their kids while they go to work. So they just dress them in rags and say, go hang out with the other kids. Like, if you get some extra, it's worth getting some extra. Like you said, you have no, you have no framework for what's needed here. Um, mm. And you've got here and you're just dumping money on it. Uh, not a lot of money because I yeah. <laughs> that much, but felt like a lot to me. Yeah. So, so I think that the, the interesting thing about this system that they'd incorporated in the, the temple in the first century in Jerusalem was you got to do your act of giving, which wasn't based on what you saw, but based on a a sense of generosity, an internal sense of, I have spare, what should I give? No number mandated on it, but to give less than 10% <laughs> was considered the evil eye. Yeah, You weren't allowed to give more than 20 um just because of how easily it could tip you into poverty but you had no clue who it went to there was no sense of oh i know this person got generosity from me yeah it was just it was just anonymous and the person who got it had no clue who it came from that was anonymous too
0: yeah there's like a part of the spiritual practice of giving that's healthy Is that you don't have control. Yeah. So like, and I've wrestled with this because I, you know, I, I, we've given to various missionaries Mm -hmm. directly in various seasons or other nonprofits or whatever. And so a percentage of what we give is to known entities that I decide or my wife decides or whatever, but I've always like felt like it's really important for us one of the reasons it's really important for us to give to a, our local church and to the general fund is because um now mind you I'm staff so like it's a little wonky but yeah. and I I can maybe influence some of where that money's spent but um one of the reasons is because I don't have control and so it's actually a a more full circle act of surrender yeah to give like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and that's actually the spiritual practice part of it. If I'm controlling some of it, I'm still controlling the outcomes to some extent. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've got power and part of giving is about saying, I think I'm in control more than I am. And when I give, it reminds me that I'm not.
1: Yes. Yeah. I think the the the, the surrender of power, um, is a beautiful thing there's a trust in place that God will provide. I think, I think that part is fascinating on a couple of levels. I was chatting to a, a couple afterwards uh, and we were just told, they were learning some stuff about giving in their own lives before this. And so I think it was encouraging to them to hear us talking about it as a church. And, and one of the things they'd heard during that, that time was generosity can lead to contentment, but contentment rarely leads to generosity. Huh. So okay, we yeah. tend to think when I've got plenty and I can be content, like I've got enough, I'll start being generous. Yeah. And it very rarely happens. You usually find a way to expand your life to absorb your income. And anyone who's ever got a pay rise knows exactly how that works. It doesn't matter how much the pay rise is unless it's absurd. Yeah, But, you know, you can say to someone, oh, yeah, here's an extra 20%. And within a year, their life will have expanded to meet that 20%. Yeah. You'll find something to do with it. How did I ever survive without this? You yeah. absolutely. Um, and so you very rarely get to that place where you're like, okay, we're content. We've got everything we need. Everything's good. We're going to start being generous. Usually at that point, you decide, oh, the car I had for however many years is no longer good enough. We need a bigger house. or We need to add a horse or something like that.
0: Yeah.
1: Generosity does often lead to contentment you get to realize oh i didn't need the things that i thought i was so convinced that i needed same with the thing that you're talking about with power like actually surrendering and giving up control actually can lead to those places of like oh yeah god provides this is this is Mm -hmm. like no it's not all about me same as the principle of sabbath that we'll get to at some point during um the sermon on the mount i think ish um. Oh, no, it was, it was, mm-hmm. Kevin's already done it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um. The Sabbath was designed to teach people, you don't need to work on the seventh day. Like, no, there's enough. And the, the temptation with Sabbath was if I could just work an extra day and have that little bit more and life would be a little bit better.
0: Yeah. You and, know what's, you know, what's interesting? A lot of the problems in the human, like mental health, um, a lot of the challenges of human condition is when when we as humans lose control, it's very anxiety-creating. Uh-huh. It's um, like our fight-or-flight response is usually related to some sort of loss of control. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of the pain, anxiety about the future, anxiety about the past— Doubt, depression, a lot of it's connected to the loss of control. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the way of Jesus and the teaching of Jesus are constantly trying to help mm-hmm. uh, human beings learn how to rest inside of the control of their Father. Yeah. While so to intentionally lose control, but not in an unsafe place inside of the safety of God's love. Uh-huh. And it, it's this interesting thing, like. St- fear is the plague on the human soul. And meanwhile, God's like, I got this. Yeah. And so when, when so all you... these practices help us to, to like loosen the grip of control. Yeah. And then we find out, Oh, he does have it. I didn't have, I, I didn't all these years. I could have been not freaking out uh-huh. about this issue. And he's like, yeah, because that's how much I love you. Oh man! And,
1: and so the beautiful thing is these passages all link in in different ways. So like we're talking about generosity and surrendering what you have. And then when Jesus talks about prayer in different places, he'll use words like this. Your heavenly father already knows what you need. Now, the problem with that statement is your heavenly father also knows what you don't need, but think you need. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and so like that, that that's the challenging point of those statements like they they. Yes, he knows. So I, I have this memory that just lodged with me for some reason. I was young, poor, uh, working in a church. You know, we were living in an expensive area, and between us we were making maybe 40000 a year in an area where most people tripled that. And we just, you know, we were struggling to find a place to live. And one little treat of the year was that I got to go to a conference in California. Uh, and so every year I could take Laura with me if we paid for her airfare and paid for her food. So I already had a hotel or an Airbnb, already had a, a car. Uh, and so this was like our six days, five days, just the two of us on vacation in this beautiful place that we just couldn't afford to go to usually. And because I rented so often for, for work, 15-seater passenger vans going out all the time, like I was clocking. You know, I think I figured out at one point I had a rental vehicle like one out of every four days of the year or something like that. So these points would just stack up and stack up and stack up. And this (laughs) this like status would stack up and stack up. So at one point I'm a platinum member with more points than I know what to do with. And so every time (laughs) I would go on this trip, they would upgrade us or we could upgrade with points or whatever. And so I remember this time we're on this trip. And for a guy that was driving around in a 1999 Acura, was dangerous like the brakes sometimes just stopped working um we were driving around in a bmw 4 series convertible like it was the nicest car i'd ever driven at at the time Uh, and i remember driving along thinking ah this is so good like this is a good life the top comes down automatically it's got all these different settings and stuff like this we're just here and we're having fun and we pulled up to the lights and next to us this red ferrari pulls up driven by a guy who, if if he was 17, he only looked 16. Um, and then he pulled into the country club, uh, like, off to do whatever. And I remember my face just went from this big smile of life, life's great, to just like,
0: flipping guy. Like, I just, <laughs> just
1: ruined my day. Um, and you just realize in those moments, there's always another thing. Yeah. Like, there's always another house. There's always another... <laughs> And so though, when those things are the felt need, <laughs> your heavenly father knows what you need. He also knows what you don't need.
0: Yeah. Um, I had a little bit of that experience this morning when I went to the gym as I was pulling out my car. And I, I'm driving the nicest car I've ever had in my uh-huh. entire life. Um, but there was uh, a little, little high school lacrosse team was there for practice and stuff. And they were all leaving right when I was leaving. And so one of the kids gets in the car into his car and I'm pulling, I I turned over and I looked and suddenly I see, like, he's probably 16 yeah. and he's, he's driving in a, like a $120,000 yeah. car. And I was like, that was brand new. It still had like brand new car. I was like, I hope he borrowed that from his parents. But he probably didn't. Probably not. Yeah. But I was like, huh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So anyway. so there's all sorts of like parables or proverbs or fables that have been developed over the years to to demonstrate what we already know that the grass is greener on the other side, but um, there's there's always another thing to own, all of those different things. Jesus, with his generosity and his prayer, will deal with both of those aspects. Um,
0: yeah, so, so remind us, okay, it's Thursday after you gave this message, mm-hmm. if you had one thing that you really hoped stuck, that was like, this is really, really important for people to remember, and they like... They, you know, heard your message, mm-hmm. and now on Thursday they're like, "Oh, that's right. That was a really important message. What was yeah. that thing again?"
1: So uh, the statement I came up with at the end was, "Generosity begins with a why, but it includes a plan, and it ends with an action." So the why part is important.
0: Why uh, am I giving?
1: Yeah. Okay. It's the uh, 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 and and actually, Jesus refuses to give one other than eh, it's what your father would do. Like, he, do-
0: he doesn't have, like, he doesn't actually go to the it's
1: good for you place.
0: So he gives multiple whys that aren't good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Like yeah.
0: To get the praise of other yes. people is yeah, not absolutely. a yeah. good yeah, why. Yeah. So why? Th- okay, if that's not what it is, then why, uh, why should we give? He's like, yeah. just cuss.
1: Yeah. And, so, and and then with this little caveat, of, and your father that sees what is done in secret will reward you. Doesn't say what the reward is, and God's rewards are always fascinating because sometimes on a human level they don't necessarily look like rewards. <laughs> and even even Jesus even like plays on this. When Paul is called, uh, you know, he receives the calling of God. And, and and the the language that Jesus speaks to a guy called Aeneas is I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. It's, like, it's kind of ominous in
0: some ways. <laughs> <laughs> I also love that that's the tipping scale for Hananai. Yeah, yeah. He's like, like, it's fine. You, okay, fine. Yeah, yeah, if He's exactly. going to suffer. I'll yeah, go yeah. tell him. You know, this, like, is gonna
1: be, this is going to be this going to be amazing. Yeah. Anyway. Um. So, so there's there's got to be a why, and the why. Yes, there's some some reward to it that is mysterious, but in reality, you're you're copying the ways of your father, and and as followers of Jesus, that should be enough. Yeah. Um, It does include a plan. And I think the challenge there is that I wanted people to, to just play with is um, without a budget. It's very hard to be generous Uh, and, and specifically about a bud without a budget for generosity. Yeah. Um, you, 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 I think the statement that I gave people was if you want margin for generosity, well, then budget margin generously. Like, what's yeah. the, the blank space in the budget that says question mark? I don't know yet. Um, and it might start with $10, mm-hmm. and it might start with $50. It might start with $5,000, like, depending on you. But but your space to be able to say, I feel a need, and I'm going to give it. Um, yeah. And then And then the hard part, I think, for us as human beings is... Is um is the last pieces that requires an action because so many things just float as good ideas. I've just been listening to some great leadership material from a guy called Carrie Newhoff. Uh, and one of the things he talks about is like is in any realm, a a B plus plan executed beats an uh, A plus plan that doesn't happen every day of the week. Yeah. Uh, I think Steve Jobs is famous for saying something like, uh Something like real inventorship or something like that.
0: Um, Interesting,
1: yeah. Like, like no one remembers the, the best ideas of the 20th century that didn't happen because they didn't happen. Um, yeah. So somewhere it's like, it doesn't matter if you feel like everything's aligned, whether you really know why you're doing it or whether you've got a great plan, but actually just say, no, I'm doing this, this, this week, this month. And that was where the iPhone illustration, of just how easy it is to give to something now yeah you don't have to take cash with you. you don't have to be prepped uh you're constantly prepped. You have an app you can put in a number and it yeah my my donation had gone out before I got off the stage
0: yeah um, yeah so there's this other leadership principle that I heard recently that said um be careful of talking about plans too much uh-huh. because neurologically, the sum of the satisfaction of achieving something happens just when you talk about it. So, a lot of people yes. will talk about oh, giving, man. yeah, or like tell their spouse, Yeah, we should start giving. Yeah. And there, there's like some measure of like dopamine hit uh-huh. in your brain that says, Oh, I just gave, yeah, even though you actually didn't. Yes. And so, like the leadership principle is like, is uh, if you have a strategy or a, something you want to implement, maybe hold off on talking about it too much uh-huh. until you actually have the right research in place. Yeah, you have maybe some of the basic steps to that before you talk about it, because otherwise the The satisfaction's already behind, and it'll be ten times harder for you to actually achieve that. There's, goal. The, there's this
1: kind of edgy video that I felt like I couldn't show this coming week because it it, it it pushes some people's boundaries. I think, but it it it's called it's a video about a thoughts and prayers app, uh, and it's a similar sort of concept. It's like you know, if only there was an app that just automatically sent out my thoughts and prayers after some kind of disaster, so I didn't have to think about it.
0: <laughs>
1: um, and so when the guy gets it he's like finally an app that doesn't just help other people but helps me too
0: um <laughs> oh man you know
1: it's like but it, but it taps into you know at one point there's this part where it says like well there's just been this disaster in this country in africa like, and it didn't send my thoughts and prayers and the voiceover says yeah yeah we save our thoughts and prayers from you for places that matter those kind of things happen in those countries all the time. Like we only send it when it happens somewhere important. Uh, and it, and it like, again, like it's like it, <laughs> oh, it viciously points to how we, how we, if we're honest at times, see reality. Yeah. You know, I, I, I was always amazed at the fact that or perhaps not amazed. That's the wrong word. Sadly unsurprised that the day that we had the Boston bombings here, that were a big deal. And three mm. people died. I think 95 people died in Baghdad that, that day and it didn't get talked about at all of course because it's it's the of course it happens there yeah um and so but but that what what the app does is it 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 just viciously points out the dopamine of 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 sending a message or doing something yeah that that may not actually be anything And, and you're right even the oh yeah imagine if i gave that gives you some sense of satisfaction
0: yeah so all right you had an illustration opportunity that you missed. Oh, I wait, did. wait, wait, wait. Oh, don't man. tell him yet oh. because maybe you don't want to because it'll come back around and you'll get a chance to use it. No, or do you no, want? No, 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 or if you're Red Couch Theology, just exclusive. Only yeah, Red yeah. Couch Theology yeah, 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 podcast listeners can hear it described because I don't. I don't know if I can play it. I
1: actually had multiple people come up to me straight afterwards, but the first person I credit was was Jake Schmeister, okay, uh, who who just came and said I was waiting all sermon for you to show the Seinfeld moment where um, where George is in a in a restaurant. And he's getting takeout and he he wants to show how generous he is. And he's had this problem before where the guy looked away. So he's like mid-conversation, like, I always like to take care of my paisanos. Uh, and, And he puts in the money and the guy turns around. And so he panics. So every time he's do. about to tip, <laughs> yeah.
0: the the clerk or whatever, the owner of the restaurant turns to talk to yeah. a chef or something.
1: Totally, yeah, yeah.
0: And so he never sees him yeah. give the and tip. and so then
1: he goes to take it back out, to put it back in again, <laughs> and then the guy turns around and catches him. Yeah, catches him. But actually, like, if you find it online, uh, if you're watching, go, go and watch it, because it's, it's just so fun. And, 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 uh, and the extended version, like, even points out, like, just how self-motivated... George is like Jerry even says to him so what like if people can't see you don't give does that mean you never give to the blind and he's like not with notes like he only gives coins so yeah. they can hear it yeah 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 like, everything is about people knowing he did this he's thing. like
0: what's the he literally said what's the point of yeah, giving yeah, yeah. if no one knows I'm absolutely. doing it absolutely and it's and, yeah. Uh, yeah it's a hysterical thing. what the, should they search for uh, I, I think on, just oh man if like, you google like George T- uh, tipping or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that
1: will probably do it. George Tipping Seinfeld. will In I'm Seinfeld. almost certain. Uh, come up with it. It's actually, so funny. Yeah, it was sent to me pretty quickly afterwards, <laughs> so uh, uh, I uh, probably still have it here. So, George
0: and the tip jar. George and the tip jar. So search for that. It's tons of fun and might also be coming to an illustration near you next time Alex preaches on giving. (laughs) Uh, Maybe. We'll see. You'll enjoy it even more. But you read Couch Theology, listeners will already kind of know the inside track of how that showed up. And I think
1: the reason it may be flagged with people is I actually inadvertently quoted it when I was talking about the story of my friends coming into town. Yeah, because I said like I you said that exact line. What's giving? the point of giving yeah, if yeah. no one notices? Well,
0: and nothing new under the sun. Yeah, so funny. Yeah. All right. Well, I we didn't have any questions this week. By the way, if you're a listener, feel free to ask questions. Uh, we've noticed that we don't if we don't like put it in the service as much, y'all forget. But if you're a regular listener, uh, feel free to always just be ready to ask a ask question. question. Um, We feel lonely without questions. Yeah, we feel lonely. We need you to give so we can
1: feel better about ourselves.
0: Yes. Could you give us some questions, please? (laughs) (laughs) You can even do it (laughs) as (laughs) anonymously. All right.
1: Okay, guys. See See you you all.
0: all next time.